Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Tiny Toon Adventures for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Tiny Toon Adventures was developed and published by Konami in Japan in December of 1991, and in North America, December of 1991. Okay. And PAL territories in October of 1992. Oh. Wow, well, I, I, I can't speak to the international appeal of Tiny Toon Adventures as a, an IP, so who knows. Now, this was the first video game based on the cartoon Tiny Toon Adventures, which uh, it shares the same name from. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And... I'm not going to lie, I could barely find any information on who did any work on this game. Oh, yeah? I think it was kind of Konami's B-team at the time. I see. I know it It does have real named credits. They, they had a few and far uh, credits to them beyond this game as they were just like involved in other Konami games. Right, right. Not as the head of anything, it seemed like. Company players, sure. Session musicians. Now, of course, this uh, game is based on the cartoon Tiny Toon Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it debuted in... September of 1990, and ran till 1992. Really? That's it, huh? But those were full syndication orders, so like that first season was huge. Very large. I gotcha, okay. And the reason that the such a huge investment was put into this cartoon was because it was, of course, produced by the king of 80s Hollywood <laughs> and the early 90s, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, he could do no wrong, and uh, at some point after the his involvement in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Right, right. He became very interested in doing uh, animation again. Yeah, yeah. And this was his first project in that world. Right. And, I mean, they were, he would show up on the cartoon sometimes. They would make jokes and have, like, a little Steven Spielberg guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this cartoon, although was maybe envisioned by or backed by or produced by Steven Spielberg, it was actually developed by Thomas Ruger. Okay. And he worked in animation for years. He ran the full... Uh, kids animation gauntlet starting with like Gilligan's uh, Planet Uh, okay and uh, those really late 70s early 80s awful cartoons (laughs) where they just took a sitcom and put them in another place sure yeah yeah great stuff man Uh, he then worked on the Snorks okay which was actually I preferred the Snorks to the Smurfs for some reason I I liked them both I don't know I like possibly because I had a Snorks bathtub toy Right on. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... The Undersea Adventures, man. Um, but then he started working on things that kind of started to show off his, you know, uh, talents and style. He did uh, The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Okay. Which is not that great because that's red shirt shaggy. R- really? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't... I but remember it, the it does title. have kind of like a, a mythology behind it. Okay. Weird. Uh, he also did Pound Puppies. And that led up to his most important job pre-Tiny Toons, and that was doing a pup named Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. I like Which, the pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, it was the first one of those kids' version of cartoons Yeah, that was actually good. I Yeah, I I wasn't sure because I remember thinking, like, well, this one's all right, you know. Well, but, it was one of the first kids' cartoons that was self-referential, where, like, it yeah. just assumed you had already seen a lot of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. And then played against the tropes of that original series. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's been so long, I was like, I don't know if my opinion is trustworthy, you know. <laughs> now, he ran that show with Gene McCarty. And she became uh, the producer of Tiny Toons Adventures mm. along with him. Okay. 
Mean Gene McCarty. Uh, and then Gene McCarty went on to produce many other shows in the WB wheelhouse. Uh, Animaniacs, Pinky the Brain, Batman animated series. All A-list shows. Yes. And of course, uh, I would be remiss to say that this show is also the breeding ground for many of the artists and writers that would go on to do Batman the animated series. Oh, okay. And then many other cartoons from that point out. Sure, sure, yeah. Now, this show was originally going to be just about kid versions of all the big characters. Mm-hmm. But apparently, there was too many restrictions on what they could do with those characters if they were using Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, etc. Oh, okay, right. So they're actually different. So they made new characters that are, you know, subversions of those older Warner Brothers characters. Sure, yeah, show. yeah. Uh, of course, the show, like I said, went on for two seasons. It had a home uh, movie. Direct-to-video yeah. release. Yeah, yeah. How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I really loved that movie as a kid. I, I felt like I was a little too old for it when it came out, but I still really liked it. I barely remember it, to be honest. I remember seeing it and thinking it was cool, or you know what I mean? I don't know if I rented it or if it was ever on TV, but... Um, I remember it blew my mind because they redid the original theme song to the show to be a new theme song for the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? It's got a time machine? No. No? Okay, never mind. Maybe I haven't seen it. <laughs> Uh, all the various characters go different ways, and it's about what they did on their summer break. I uh, think I'm confusing it with an episode where it's like the weekend's almost over. I think you are. And they use a time machine? Okay. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. And then I think we'll get into more of the characters from the show and a few other things, like maybe our experiences with it later on. But it was a very huge uh, cultural phenomenon. It was a shift, I think, in the way cartoons were done after school mm. outside of the Disney system. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was big, man. Now, Nick, what kind of game is Tiny Toon Adventures? It's a side-scrolling action platformer. Indeed it is. And in this game, you can jump. You sure can. You are Buster Bunny. That's right. And you have the ability to switch through other characters. And every character has jumps, but they're all different. Yeah. Which... From the high jump of uh, Furball. Yeah, that's right. To the low jump of Dizzy Devil. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you can switch characters, which is kind of the... Not on the fly. Not on the fly, only through certain items. But other than that, it, it kind of resembles Castlevania Three in that you always have one person you choose for a, a, a group of stages. Mm -hmm. And then as long as you get that item, you can swap back and forth. Now, your main form of attack in this game is also that jump. Yeah, yeah. So it is playing by mostly Mario rules, whereas you jump on the character, you mm -hmm. kill them. Unless yeah. they're a spiky creature or something. Yeah, yeah. But as we said, the big deal is that you aren't just Buster. You can choose between um, Dizzy Devil, mm -hmm. uh, Plucky Duck. That's right. Or Furball, the yeah. cat. Yeah. At the beginning of every stage. Yes. And they're your backup character, the one you can switch to. And each of them has slightly different properties. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dizzy Devil, which we mentioned before, has a different attack or an additional attack. Yeah, he's one of the people who actually uses the B button. One, yep. of, the, one of the few. And when you hit that B button, you start spinning, uh -huh. as what a Tasmanian devil would do. Exactly, yeah. And you are not only invincible, but anything you hit is killed. That's right. And you can go through certain destroyable blocks. And then you have a little meter that uh, depletes as you're spinning. Uh -huh. And then it takes time to refill that meter. And it's in the bottom left corner. And it's only used for Dizzy Devil, even though it's there for every other character. What a tease, yeah. Now, he is also handicapped in one small way, which is he does not have a very high jump. That's true. But it is still high enough to reach every platform you have to yeah. in the game. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> matter that much. It just creates a little difference in timing when you're jumping on people, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Plucky Duck. Plucky Duck. My favorite character. He, he was mine, too. I was in the show a... and in the game. Yeah, yeah. 
Same here, yeah. And he has the ability to raccoon tail. Basically, yeah. They call it the glide, but he just, you know, he's a duck. So when you jump and you can start jamming on your jump button as you descend and it will slow your rate of descent. Just just like the raccoon tail. Uh, the best part is that he stares at you when he does it in kind of a <laughs> goofy, glaring way. Yeah. Yeah, he's bored. He's like, why are you doing this to me? It is, I think, the most useful skill for the majority of the game. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. It lets you navigate some tricky jumps and really just extend your high jumps over enemies you don't want to deal with. Yeah, well, and much like the raccoon tail itself, you know, if you just want to skip a big chunk of a level and you can get a high jump, you can do it. So it's kind of nice. I did as often as I could. <laughs> So uh, Plucky also has a slightly different swim than everyone else. Yeah, everyone else has the standard uh, Mario swim, which is actually the balloon fight fly, which is actually right. the joust. Right, right, yeah. Underwater, yeah. But here with Plucky, you know, everyone else can just kind of, you know, you're either facing left or right and you do that swim. But mm -hmm. here he can actually go up and down and he has much, he's faster and has more command as a duck would. Yeah, it's actually much easier to control than the other people. Yeah, and I think, he can do it. I don't know if – I think every, anyone can do the whirlpool attack. Everyone gets the whirlpool. That's under underwater only, and I think that uses your little power meter, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. It does. So that's the, there you go. And then finally we have a character they thought would be much more popular than it was, <laughs> and that is Furball. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Furball. Like, it took me a second. I forgot that Furball existed. Well, um, it's interesting because there's a couple characters that they thought would be really popular that never were. Right. In this show. And I think this game is based off of the first, like, three episodes. Okay, okay. So, therefore, you get characters that were, you know, in those episodes mainly. Yeah. And that's why I think Furball's also in here. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, not very, not not well used in the in the show at all. <laughs> I Yeah, I was like, I, yeah, took me back. And Furball's uh, big claim to fame is his high jump and his yeah. wall climbing ability. Yeah, he can... Uh... Climb onto walls and then do a, his special twist jump off of them. Mm -hmm. Where if you press, like, it's like a triangle jump, basically, where you press the opposite direction and your jump button. And that's, like, the highest jump in the game. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. It is, but I still didn't use it very often. I mean, yeah. When I was using the furball for the furball level, you know, it's like, hey, okay, might as well. You can just zip up walls with it, you know. But other than that, meh. Also, uh, real quick, anybody... All four of the characters can also do a slide. I think it's down and jump. Uh, it is, but you have to have some uh, a certain amount of momentum right, right. going forward into that slide, which is actually kind of hard to do in certain areas. It's a little weird. It's only required if, like one or two times. I, I think, think twice is what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. And one of those times I just cheated my way through that part. So, Well, I often forgot that it was there. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can slide. But it's there, guys and gals. And then, of course, there are items in the game. Um, there are carrots littered throughout all the levels, which are... Basically, the coins of the game. Right, yeah. And for every 30 carrots you uh, <laughs> find, you can trade in those in in special, sometimes secret little rooms. Yeah, there, there are sometimes in levels you'll just see a doorway. Mm -hmm. And if you go in, you find Hampton Pig. And Hampton will trade you a free man for every 30 you have, but you max out of being able to hold 99 carrots. That's right. Um, so... And, you know, you can usually get some there, but one thing about your lives, you know, you start with three, but your counter maxes out at nine. Yes. So after a point, if you <laughs> get, your, you know, extra lives, then what's the point of getting any carrots, you know? Like, there is none. Yeah, there is none. There now, is none. You also find balloons sometimes floating in a level with a star on them. Yes. And those can drop, what, two things? Yep, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, you, first you have your ball with star on it right right that's the tune around 
And that will turn you into the other character Yep, that you have selected. So basically, you use that to turn from Buster into something and then ignore them. Yes. Um, and then you have the ball with a heart on it. You can get the happy heart. And that gives you one more heart. So in, uh, kind of like in Mario 2, where you have yeah. the ability to get one extra hit, you only get that one extra in this one as well. That's right. Which is pretty rough. It is rough, like... Because they're barely in this game. Like, there's you're, some levels don't even have one. Like, I don't know. We, we can, yeah, we can wax about that later. <laughs> and there's also a little stopwatch you can get. Yes. Which fr- freezes enemies for, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. Yes. And another thing to note is that there is time in every level. That's true. You do have a timer. So don't dally because you could run out of time. Yeah. You'll die. Yeah. I didn't really run up against it much, but. Neither did I. <laughs> but it's there. So beware. And then, of course, uh, there are continues in this game. That's right. And then, finally, there is also a bonus level. Oh, that's right, yeah. And it only appears when there's a very specific set of circumstances where I think one of your score or your number of carrots have to end in seven. Yeah, something. And it has. It reminds me of the coin boat Yes. Mario Super Mario Brothers 3. It reminds me of many things in the Mario <laughs> franchise, this game. Uh, and this is also another reason, I think, that they only got to see the first few episodes of the show. Because the bonus level is from the first episode. Oh, is it really? And it is Duck Vader's ship. Okay, yeah, yeah, which is a... From the Star Wars parody. Yeah, Plucky Duck as... Darth Vader. Yeah, so why... Actually, he's not. Uh, In the episode, Plucky Duck is the Luke Skywalker character. So it's just some other mysterious duck. It is. Because Hampton was the R2-D2, and uh, (laughs) Babs and Buster were Leia and Han Solo. Mm, Okay, okay. So, I rewatched some of them with my kids nice. in preparation of this show. Okay. But, yeah, so Duck Vader's just one screen, and he, like, shoots lasers at you, and there's duck stormtroopers. Yeah, and you can use the duck stormtroopers to jump off of, to bounce off of them onto him. And you have to jump on him three times. And then you get, like, a... Three, a, three free men. Three up. Sweet. Unless you already have nine men. Yeah, and then you get nothing. Uh, but you can also lose men in this level, which is the, the <laughs> harsh part. Yeah, it's... It, it's kind of a bonus, but it's yeah. risky. Now, we didn't mention that, but every time you do jump on someone, you do have that extra bit of momentum a la Mario. Yeah, yeah. And then, you and know, you killing... have to use that for most of this level. Right. And defeating enemies just gives you points generally. And you can get a one up, I believe it's every 20,000 okay. points. So, unless you have nine. Well, Nick, this is a game that I know has lots of pre-existing art for it. It sure does. And it's coming from a pretty uh, decent publisher. Good old respectable Konami. Please tell me that they did a good job with this instruction manual. I I mean, I guess it's it's actually decent size. It's 23 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only black and white. But it does have a bunch of like character and enemy art and okay. some names. So, you know, that's there. Excellent. And a lot of the characters and the enemies are from the, the show itself. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine, too, that a lot of them were just, like, one-off gags that they made into an enemy or mm-hmm. something. So, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't go back and watch, but there's there's a couple. I'll point out the ones I did notice. <laughs> um, story-wise, we've got uh, Montana Max has kidnapped Babs. Okay. Because it's in retaliation for Buster winning the student film contest. Interesting. He tried to bribe or something. And then he bought the television station to broadcast a message taunting Buster saying that I kidnapped Babs. Wow. But his friends show up and say, we're going to go get her back, and there you have it. Other than that, it just, you know, it goes through the brief controls and the few items you have. 
Okay. Does it show you anything about the different worlds or the world map? Yeah, you get a, well, yeah, you get a, a brief stage preview for each one. And, you know, it does have an enemy section, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. And a little bit at the end for scores. Wonderful. So, Nick, what was your personal experience with uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, the cartoon and the video game? Um, well, I'd, I'd never played this game before. Okay. Um, it came a little late, like in 91, I'm already all eyes on Super Nintendo, so. I'm going to agree with you there. I never played it, even though uh, I think the reason we chose it was that it appears on a lot of people's, like, better of lists. I, I think I'm confusing it with a late, different one called Buster Bust Loose. There is another. There's several other, I think, so I don't know. I, I heard the Tiny Toons around and just thought, Tiny Toons game, you know? Right. Um, as for the cartoon, I enjoyed it and watched it a lot when it was on, you know, when I was late middle school, kind of. That was an every afternoon kind of thing for me. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a standard, kind of after the Disney afternoon was losing steam. This kind of, that's that's what I, the way I kind of remember the timing, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. This was like, uh, oh, these cartoons are a little more referential. I was getting into movies at the time, and of course, I loved Steven Spielberg. So all the references to his properties and other things really uh, hit yeah. the mark for me. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then what was your more recent experience with this game and the Tiny Toons franchise, if, if, you, uh, if there is any? <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I, I did not watch any more Tiny Toons. Which I, it is currently, uh, as of the date of this recording, on Hulu. Okay, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure who had it, but... Um, but uh, if you're listening to this in about a year or two, it's on uh, HBO Max or whatever it's called. Okay. Take it to the Max. HBO Max. But yeah, so I did beat this game. Um I cheated pretty I was say, heavily. Legit, because I <laughs> no. cheated my butt off. I also beat the game. Well, I started off trying to go through it as normal, but uh, pretty quickly I realized this game is not, uh, I don't know, it's it's so weird because everything's simple, mm-hmm. but it's just so brutal. Well, <laughs> it's a game full of gotcha moments, which we'll get to, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I played this in I mean, th- about three or four settings, because... I found it just so frustrating that I didn't want to play it for too long. Yeah, I mean, I was at first I was like, I'll just save in between levels. And, you know, that was fine for the first level or two. Yeah, I agreed. After that, then it started getting to the point where... I didn't really want to play the first third of a, these not-that-fun levels over or, and over again. Or first two-thirds, three-quarters, who knows? Right. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, I did beat it, but I'm a cheater. And then I also went back and watched the first couple episodes with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eight-year-old thought it was pretty fun. She enjoyed it. It sure, holds up yeah. for the most part. It's still like a kid's show, and it's not as uh, smart, you know, for right, adults, but right. it's not bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. It is the general chat portion of the show, and I would just like to start by saying that this game is really, to me, Konami's attempt to make a Mario game <laughs> and failing just short of most of its goals. It's it's such a weird... Like, who is this game for? I don't know. It's not for kids because uh, it's way too, not only just hard, but in a special magic, super frustrating way where you have no checkpoints in any level. Anytime you die, you're going back. Yeah. And, you know, once you get past that second or third level, it is just uh, a gauntlet of like you move forward and then an enemy pops out at you. And if you weren't waiting for it or expecting it, you're getting hit by it. Yeah. And if you didn't get one of the, I don't know six hearts that you can get in this game like you barely they're so rare and frustratingly like there are some levels that don't have any it's like if mario they're like look you're only going to find one mushroom in every other level yeah isn't that what you wanted and there's so many things they cribbed from the mario series yeah i feel like they did um superficially where they don't understand why certain things work like right nine lives level like nine life limit why right 
that's the one way you could actually start to mitigate the ridiculousness of this game where you're like, I can build up 20 or 30 lives, but no, sir. No. And it's really frustrating because the graphics of this game, the sprites yeah. and the cutscenes are amazing. They look really good. They are spot on. I mean, they are perfectly matching the model sheets as well as you can in an 8-bit style. Yeah, and they're they're well animated. They and very faithful, you know? Like yeah. it's it's so I love good. the Dizzy Devil spin when he's coming out of that spin is an awesome awesome little flourish that didn't need to exist. Yeah, yeah. Um and and the music is pretty good too. Like, you know, they have their the theme song too, which is You hear it a little more often than you want towards the end. It worked its way in, <laughs> but it is a really good version of that theme song. Yeah, and the other stuff is good, upbeat, you know, yeah. adventurous music it's it's, it's fine I, we, I think we forgot to mention one other uh, movement thing and that is that you can also run into objects and get like knocked dizzy oh yeah i don't know i only I... ran into it like twice and that was in a later stage with with uh which we'll get to but mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize it was a thing that could even happen oh cool but there's a separate animation for that which oh is nice yeah and uh you know all your characters have idle animations yes which is cool but what's not cool is that they uh <laughs> They, like, call themselves out for that in the instruction manual where they're like, you know, hang around a little bit, and each character has their own little thing they do. And I was <laughs> nice. like, oh, come on, man. Like, And then uh, there are cutscenes in this game. Like I said, they all look really good. Yeah, yeah. And I also like that, you know, these levels are held together by a central map. Mm-hmm. And it is an accurate map of Desaloon, the land of Tiny Toons. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And it is... Uh, and it's nice that they actually went through the trouble of making it accurate to where you go. Because yeah. it's not usually, you don't just go in a circle. You actually traverse the island. Yeah, yeah. You zigzag back between your mm-hmm. six locations. But, I mean, that's just window dressing. It's not, you know, it doesn't really do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah, and the most frustrating thing, or one of the most frustrating things about this game is that they barely explore your ability to switch characters. Yes. It's like you just do it. To get rid of to get rid of Buster, really. There's just one, yeah, and it's like each character has one level, and then that's it. Like, how many breakable blocks are there for Dizzy outside of his specific level that you're yeah. supposed to choose him in? Yeah, like nothing. Like there's and there aren't really spots where you would choose Furball anywhere else because they're not like vertical or don't really take advantage of and his climbing. I didn't like read any things ahead or watch anything, so I just I didn't get to use anyone on their special levels because I was like. Unless I'm getting destroyed at this level and I need Dizzy Devil's attack power, I'm just using Plucky every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, surely the loon gives you a little speech before every level. And at the end, if you sit through the whole thing, which this might trick you, but she'll which tell you. Which I did you, not. I didn't realize till I, when I was doing these notes. I didn't. I was waiting one time and I was like, oh, she tells you, you know, you should use Dizzy for this level. Right. So, okay. And you use it. But I, I mean... I don't know if you could beat. I don't know if it's even required for those levels, but it's almost useless anywhere else, you know? Right. And then aside from the rare hearts that you can get to get an extra hit, it's like there aren't any real cool items or like incentives to check out or explore the few, you know, because the level design is pretty boring. Oh, yeah. They're very, very flat. And, and there's like, there are like two levels that give you like the illusion of exploring or for a second. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's all right there, I guess, but it's, I don't know. It feels like it was just a short game that has been padded by uh, cruel difficulty. Yeah, and the thing is, the platforming in this game is not like a challenge. It's not about like, can you make these jumps right. until like close to the very end of the game. Yeah, yeah. And even then, it's not really there at all. So much of it is just unveiling a new enemy that you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like we said earlier, there's no checkpoints. Or, you know, I think it's always in the 
you know, you, you take these stages in groups of three, and I think it's the end of the second one always ends with a little, I guess, mini boss encounter with Elmira. Oh, yeah. And I didn't understand what this was at first. <laughs> I was trying to attack her. Right, so right. I, <laughs> embarrassingly, I she sent me back to the beginning of the first level like twice. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew that she would send you back a whole level, so I was very... I was, I'm not doing this. Well, I thought at the beginning, like, oh, this was a great way to farm carrots. Yeah, I guess. Until I realized you could only hold nine. Yeah, yeah. Nine lives. Nine lives, so Morris the cat over here. Yeah. And uh, it is interesting. I like that there's a mini boss aspect, and it's a different mechanic than your boss fight. Right. But, but sending it's you all super the way cruel <laughs> in this game. Yeah, well, basically, you just, uh, you're in a little room. There are various rooms with each level, and then you just have to avoid touching her for... 10 seconds. A certain amount of time, and then a door appears that you have to go through. Yeah. So it's it's really, it's not hard if you know what you're doing, but it is just knowing that they would do that to you. Like, that's, Ninja Gaiden does that at the <laughs> end. That's like a fun game, like, and it still sucks, but it's like, why would, that's, that's just mean. It's cruel. Cruel and unusual. Yeah. But to end on a positive note here, I think it was really cool that they did pull almost every basic enemy and boss straight out of the cartoon. There, you, there's a lot of characters that even if I didn't recognize them truly, you know, I, I knew they were from the cartoon because of the style of the art and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always a big fan of that. That's the most frustrating thing about this game is it has so many parts that this should add up to a great game. Mm-hmm. But it's sparse levels and extreme difficulty. Just cut that all short. Yep. 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 <laughs> Right, folks, this is the level by level portion of our show. Yes, it and is. How many levels does this game have, Nick? Well, Eric, this game has six stages, mm-hmm. and the first four of which are divided into three areas. Okay. Uh, and the first stage is in Acme Acres, the main setting of the show itself. Just Acme Acres is? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is the most Mario looking world in the game. Sure, yeah. And I mean, it looks. Pretty good, the backgrounds, you know. Um, These ones do. They do get a little sparse here as the I, game goes on, but in the first few levels, it does look great. You know, you got some, like, grass that blows in the wind, some flowers and stuff. Um, enemy-wise, you'll be introduced to Roderick Rat for the first time. Yeah, you'll see him a lot, but he's from a the show. A lot. Oh, you know, I'm not even saying because everyone is from the show. Right, but he right. is your standard Goomba-style enemy. Yep, he just uh, walks around. There's a big... There's a kind of a, you know, again, like Super Mario Brothers 3, there's a, a early on you'll see like a half pipe like incline. You can slide down them. That's it, impressive. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, you, you know, we'll see more of this. No, you won't. Um, this is just a game, you know, this level is all about just collecting carrots, avoiding the rats. There is that flying duck, I That's guess his name Danford is. Danford Drake. Oh, really? He goes to the uh, prep school oh, in Acme Acres. okay. You know, the manual names him Larry. Oh, okay. So I was like whoever Larry is, but he's a fine duck. Yeah, one, two, you know, it's it's also short. Um, there's, there's a part, cave, there's cave a, area. Yep, and you, there's a Hampton in there. You can go in his door. And early on, these Hampton doors are on your path. Yeah, yeah. Later, they're slightly hidden, or you might just have to double back. Or use a specific character to get to it. Right, right. But then you'll find um, the Pitbull character, Arnold the Pitbull. Which here, you don't have to fight him. You can just run by. You that's what I did. Me, me too. Um, I and, think you can just jump on him, but... Yes. Or Dizzy Devil through him. That's my... Oh, yeah. And then at the end of this level, it's Elmira. Yes. Uh, after this, it's more of the same. And then, Now it's full cave zone. Yeah, you're in the cave. There's a bunch of stairs. This part got kind of tricky. This was the first area where I was getting frustrated because one thing I didn't realize until I was 
rewatching a thing, you can slide down these stairs, mm. which can make moving through this a little faster and easier. The only tricky part is you have those like pumpkin ghosts. Oh yeah, where they'll they'll do a weird swoop at you. It's well, kind of hard to judge. You and know? the other problem is sometimes you can jump through those stairs, so you can get back up to areas you yeah. didn't mean to go when yeah. you bounce off of an enemy. So it's. It's not really hard. <laughs> the hard part is the end when the ghosts bust out of that block and fly around you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fact, those... The timing on this was so awkward that I just ended up using Dizzy Devil through here so I could devil I could devil spin as soon as I saw oh. them and just get right past them. Okay. I wasn't about to deal with their foolishness. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> um, and then we have the boss of this uh, stage. Yeah, Dr. Gene Splicer. And the bosses are interesting because you cannot use your devil spin against them. Really? Yeah, it will not hurt them. You'll get hurt and die. Okay. But you just have to jump on them three times. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, this guy, uh, you're in a, a small room with like two hills. Yep. Kind of in the corners, the lower left and right corners. And he's kind of skating it like it's a half pipe. Right? He's got a skateboard, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure <laughs> if that's from the show or something, but you just jump on his head, avoid him. Very simple. And once you beat the level, uh, as with every level, you get your score tally, uh, and mm-hmm. you get to see a nice little cutscene with Concord Condor. That's right, yeah. And his catchphrase is dope, dope, dope. So that's done. You might hear that later in the show. You might. Mm-hmm. And then you get to move on to stage two. That's right. The beach, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're advised to take Plucky Duck here. Another Mario World ripoff. Yeah, except this is the mother of all quicksand here. Like, yes. Right away, there, there are... These quicksand pits, and you really got a rapid fire, or you know, and it pulls you down fast. So I, you know, it makes it kind of hard to avoid these weird, uh, I guess, hermit crabs. Yeah, I think they're crabs, and they throw their shells at you. Yeah, so watch out; they can they can trick you if you're not aware of it. Yeah, but most of this level is, you know, you'll see there's a water section with some fish, and you want to be plucky duck, of course, (laughs) and spiky urchins. But even the watery sections, most of the time, you can just make a huge jump and then float over. Yeah. That's all I did. Yeah, and then you'll be in the second stage, which is, um, you know, every stage you end by finding a door. Yeah. And then you take the door underwater somehow. Yeah, and uh, this is actually one of my stages I actually kind of like because there's a little more going on. And it's not, since all the enemies move slowly in the water, like they can't just pop out and get you. Yeah, and you can attack them with your whirlpool. Yeah, so this is actually a pretty good level. And there's like a couple places to double back to get some secrets and stuff, so... There's a little more going on there. Yeah, and it's very reminiscent of underwater Super Mario levels. Agreed. So, but nothing too crazy here. It ends with an Elmira battle, so watch out. And then you have the final part of the stage, which is a pirate ship. Yeah, I guess it's maybe under the water. You found the pirate ship, but it's weird because it's like two pirate ships stuck together. (laughs) Yeah, weirdly. Um, yeah, at the beginning there are these like pirates, these blue and black pirate guys. You just kind of avoid them. Um. And you go through, like, the rigging and stuff to the right. And then it, I guess there's, like, it's like if a plank was coming off the back of the ship to the front of another one because you hop on. Now, the first half, you can plucky duck over all that. Yeah. You can just fly over top of everything. And you should. Um, if you And you probably have them because Shirley Loon told you to. But and the second half is, like, down inside the ship, though. Yeah, it snakes around. This was a, another area. Like, you'll see the Roderick Rats, but now they're throwing an anvil. Which is actually kind of hard to deal with. Yeah, you. I mean, it's you counterintuitive, yeah. kind of, because you just want to stand in front of them and they'll arc it over you. But if you try to maneuver, I typically would get hit. Yeah, agreed. You make it through that brief little area, and then you can face off against the boss of this area, the pirate Captain Claw. And he's basically Captain Hook. Yeah, yeah. 
with his hook hand. It's another Spielberg. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he just runs back and forth like the skateboarding guy of the first one. He'll jump out of the screen sometimes and, I guess, throw. Barrels will fall down. But they are so slow Yeah, that they offer zero. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing I really liked was the boss fights, for the most part, were much more forgiving than the levels. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have one of the few uh, hearts you can collect. Yeah, and, you know, he disappears, drops the barrels, then jumps down to the top floor. So you always know where he's going to come from. Yeah. It's just, is it the left or the right? Who knows? It doesn't matter. You just have to lower him to the bottom and then jump on him. Yeah. Beat this pirate. Beat him down. And then you can go to stage three, the forest. Yeah, this is sure weird forest. Oh, yes, it is. (laughs) I wasn't sure if that was truly from the show or it was because this is a Konami manual. Sometimes I was like, are these really, are they making puns or is it the game? Yeah, I don't know. Or the world. Mm. And then we're starting to get into some lazier backgrounds here. I look, I'm a big forest fan, but this is exactly lazy forest. Like these don't they don't even look like branches or trunks. They're just, just brown blocks. Brown blocks with green splotches filling up large chunks of the background. Minimal effort. Uh for some reason you collect apples here instead of carrots. Yeah, that's weird. And then this level is a little bit harder. Who are you supposed to bring here? I think Furball? this is Dizzy. Dizzy, okay. I also brought the duck here because you can get on top of a lot of these branches and then fly over big chunks of this map. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I highly recommend. Uh, there is a whole new slew of enemies in this level as well. You yeah. Chipmunks. Yeah. Oh, that's chipmunks. I was like, are these rats? I don't know what they are. They crawl around. You know, they can climb vertically. There's there those owls. owls that they swoop in, but they're like the least annoying swooping creature ever. Yeah, there's they're, nothing to them. I just avoid those. There are also bats that, that fly in mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the sides. But the hardest creature to deal with are the bees. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, you can see their little hives. Can you take out the hive? or Not that I was able to before. They unleashed the bees. They're a little more tenacious, but... Well, they heat seek you, kind of. Yeah, if you, if you keep running, you're all right, and, you know... I would can... always use them as a springboard to get to the, back to the top of the map where I could j- glide over <laughs> more stuff. I was, I was dizzy here because there's a couple spots where you can go through some walls that are slight shortcuts, but not as good as flying over. Yeah, not, not as short <laughs> as not dealing with any of it. Um, and then but, I guess uh, in some of the latter areas, the uh, second area is more forest, just with a slightly different colored background. And it's got the first really heavy pit death area. Oh, and those uh, creepy kind of evil tree faces. Oh, yeah. They look like they're from Wizards and Warriors. That's what it always reminded me of. But I was thinking more of like the evil Kirby guy. Right, right, yeah. And there's porcupines here, too. That I was wondering if that's like a Sonic wannabe because it kind of looks like him, but he's black and, and it doesn't does roll. spin, yeah. But again, I don't know. I don't know. Float over most of this level if you can. Do it, yeah. You, there's a pretty easy Elmira because... Now you, there's just places to stand where she runs below you. Yeah, you don't even have to dodge her. You just stay up there and watch her. It's, and then eventually outrun her to the door. She is not a smart woman. No. And then the final area of this stage, you are underground again. Yeah, now you're in a cave. Uh, this is where all those cool. bats come from. Yeah, and, and this is very reminiscent of Super Mario World, I think, the oh, yeah. backgrounds and stuff. Um, they're, although, you know, only one block in blackness. In other words, this is when they really, the budget for backgrounds has gone away. <laughs> and these bats are interesting because they have a kind of a, a weird arc that they come down at. I hate the bats. They they specifically wait for you to get to a certain area. Uh-huh. And later they're somewhere, they're placed in very frustrating areas. You know, Agreed. here, not too bad. And then finally, we have the boss of this stage. Who is, can be tricky. His name is Fido. According to the manual, he's a big, rabid... Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, it's a Wolverine. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's from the episode Buster and the Wolverine. <laughs> hmm. Who's in that one? I think 
Buster. Mm, gotcha. Uh, and this is an interesting boss fight, though, because there are gaps in the floor. Yeah, there's two columns you're kind of on the top of, you know, and then there's like a moving series of gaps, you know, that are moving to the left and right from in the ceiling, and he will fall down from one of them kind of randomly. Yes. Um, at first, I kind of had trouble because it's like you do kind of have to be on it. For, you have to jump on him. You have a brief window when he lands before he'll rush at you, he'll fall down a pit, and then start dropping again. Yes. Once you get the timing, though. I think he does it in the same order every time because after the first time I died here and he appeared, it was like right, left, right, right. So I was okay. able to just – I was like, all right, I know where he's coming, and it worked. I just found myself standing at the edge of the platform, and if he landed on the same platform as me, jump away. <laughs> if you land on the one on the opposite platform, then you jump across and hit him. Just bust him. Before he gets to the edge. There you go. Once you've defeated the Wolverine and taken his rightful place on the X-Men, you can move to stage four, the city. Ah, uh, yes. The big city. In the first level, you're going to encounter a few buildings, some mm-hmm, gaps. Mm-hmm. But this is when I really started abusing my save states. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because little guys jump out of these or appear out of the windows and throw things at you. Yeah, they look like dogs or maybe. Yeah, or dogs and cats. There's cats that come out of, of garbage cans on the ground. Oh, that's right. And you can just so easily get caught up in, you know, if you're trying to enjoy this game and run along forward, <laughs> you're just going to get hit. Yeah, I mean, I could see maybe if, if you're really good, you could bounce off the ones in the windows if you are plucky and really. You can, but the problem is when you come down, then you come through the line of them. Right, right. Which is I, what I was running into. I didn't try it. You recommended Furball, so that's who I used here. Um Although he's not particularly advantageous at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I pluck you through this one. There are some gaps in the middle, which you know, I guess you would find dangerous, except for there's no enemies there, so it's not. The hardest part is the end where it's like a gauntlet of windows and cats. Yeah, well, and it's all over a big open floor, you know, and there's little right. blocks you have to jump onto. It's not too bad with furball because you can catch onto the sides of those blocks. Well, and if you're plucky, you only have to make that jump like twice. Yeah, yeah, so make it through. Uh, there's the second chunk you're out in like an alley and this part was the first really hard level to me well it's just so many of these like the cats will jump out you're you're walking over like oil drums and stacks of tires Mm -hmm. and there's a fence behind you and sometimes some of the tires have cats in them they'll come out and then there's the weird thing where if you just stand on some uh oil drums and stuff you just get hit yeah i don't know why and then what, what pops over the edge of the fence that's uh lubella I think she's another duck. I named her Lubella in the manual. And so, I mean, this is just another gauntlet of things popping up and throwing stuff at you. Yeah, it's rapid, you know, just memorization pretty much where, you know, avoid as many of those barrels as you can. Uh, You do have the easiest Elmira at the end of this level where it's the vertical. Yeah. With some moving platforms and she can't get on them. So you just ride it up to the top and wait for this door to appear. Um, Agreed. And then the final level is a vertical level where you're climbing yeah. up the whole time. And I guess this is why you'd want to have furball. Yeah, he, he, it's nice because you can just jump off the walls. Like, you can skip a lot of the moving platform yeah. sections. But you if know? you're plucky, the moving platforms aren't that hard because you're hovering to them. Right, right. Uh, this level does also, we start seeing those little pink bird, baby birds coming down. Yes. Is that the Tweety Bird version? Yeah, Sweetie Bird. Sweetie Bird. Okay, I couldn't remember, but... But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a total vertical level that is really not that demanding. Nope. And at the end of the level is Donkey Kong. It is Donkey Kong very much. Like, <laughs> I guess it's, uh, does it have a name in the manual? No, it's not even listed in the is boss Is it Conky Dong? No, it's, it's just not in there. <laughs> well, because they didn't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got sued for Donkey Kong, so that would be really, 
Ironic. Now, this boss fight's a little different than the last. There is a, a pit, and then on others on each side of the pit is a uh, incline. Yeah, like steel beams. And Donkey Kong stays up at the top, and you don't really interact with him. Yeah, he's on his own little platform. This this boss actually took me a minute. I died quite a few times trying to figure out how to fight him. Well, because it doesn't really give you any feedback as to what's going on. <laughs> or makes sense. No. He stomps, and then these little monkeys fall down and start walking. Two of them at a time. Yeah, and they will walk off. They'll they'll attack you. They'll hit you if they can. Mm-hmm. And they tend to fall, like, right where you're at, right? Uh, well, I always – well, I don't know, because my tactic was to stand on the left side right on the edge, and they oh. usually fell on the right one because there's not enough room for them both to land on the oh, left. Oh, okay. Uh, but what, what's the part you have to figure out is that you have to kill both of them before they fall off the screen. Yeah, and if you kill two – before they fall off, then one of the four sections of the platform that the Donkey Kong is standing on will fall away. It took me a minute to figure out that that's what was going on. Yeah, me too. I, I, I had no idea. Like, I was like, do I need to jump on these guys and throw them up there? Because anytime I try to get up to jump on them, I get killed. Yeah, and... I thought you were supposed to you know, use them as a springboard to hurt him. It's, it's very weird. Um, once you understand it, not that bad. No. I mean, because for me, standing in that spot, I was never in any danger of getting hit by them. It was just the danger was when I jump over, well, I get hit by the second one if I don't time it right. Right, right, yeah. And then finally, we get to the fifth stage, my favorite stage of the game. Too bad it's right towards the end. And that is to Wacky Land. Yeah, Wacky Land. Not those quite were, as wacky as a... <laughs> those were my favorite episodes of the show. Yeah, I loved I loved some Go-Go Dodo. Same here. Um I was a little disappointed in this level because it's like, what are, you know, the... Well, I like the concept. This this is the only level that doesn't have a boss, per se. Yeah, yeah. You're just going around. It's like, I'm assuming it's like a split personality thing where go-go split into like five. Mm-hmm. And then you're going and you once you collect all the go-go's, then he'll reassemble and give you the key. And this is it split into how many sections? Three or four? Uh, three. And they just repeat. Once you've gone through the third one, you'll start at the first one. Oh, if you haven't got all the... If you haven't got all... Oh, Because I didn't, actually. Because the first time I went here, I didn't know that was the goal, and I missed the first one. Mm, Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, they're they're just standing there. They're not usually in too tough of places. Now, do they recommend a character for this one? At this point, she just... Whatever you want. I use Plucky, but... Yeah, because a lot of this level is pit death. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you have a lot of moving platforms. There are those these weird enemies. They're like... Well, all the enemies are out of the Wacky Land episodes. There's the pin... Right, right. Running around. Inky. Uh, yeah. What's his name? There's a bucket. There's a bucket. The football pigskin. There's the eyeball detective. Yeah. The manual calls him Blinky. Okay. Um, and I love all these. All These are all like the, my favorite things to see in the game. Yeah, they're, they're cool enemies. Um, and it's weird that they wasted all this effort on putting them in just this one level. Yeah, especially a level that's mostly just platforming in empty space anyways. I know. <laughs> but yeah, um... That's really all there is to it. It's a pretty simple level, but... Once you have all of them, you go to a special room, and then they merge to form the one big, normal-sized Go-Go Dodo. Yeah. And you might think you're going to fight him, which is weird, because he's your friend. Yeah, yeah. But you don't. He just gives you the key. Yeah, it's funny that you do go to a room that seems like a boss room, yeah. so they, they kind of trick you. And every boss you fight gives you a key, because why do you need all these keys? Okay, the keys are... They're different keys into Montana Max's place. He's behind, and, and this is something that's actually cool that we can talk about in the next level, but, it, you know, at the end of each of the sections of Montana Max's, you have to use a key. Right. So your key count goes down. Gotcha. Because once you've beaten Go-Go Dodo, then you just go to Montana Max's mansion. Oh, and what a jilly. And this level is awful. 
It's, this is the creepiest of all creeping levels, especially for me, because you know how I got through this level? It was By this... dizzy deviling. Oh, yeah. And I would just kill an enemy, wait for the meter to refill. <laughs> kill an enemy, wait for the meter to refill. I, I went with Plucky, um, and I did all right uh, at first. But, I mean, like we said, it's divided into sections. The first part is a weird... It's a cool idea. Yeah, where you're like, you're in the mansion, and... There's two floors. Yeah, and you, you can't get to the top, right? No, and the top floor has his butler on it. Jeeves, I believe. And Jeeves, when he sees you, turns the lights off. Yeah, yeah. And you can still platform or whatever, but you just can't see anything. Yeah. Besides eye, the eyeballs. Yeah, which you want to watch out uh, because he will drop... Our, the chandeliers will drop on you if you get too close. Yes, and then there are also these uh, security guards. That's what... Yeah, security guards. I was and like, I, they are awful. Yeah, you... Uh, the best thing is to jump and just try to avoid them, I guess. I, that's what I was doing. Um, yeah, the, the biggest problem is that if you let them linger on the screen too long, they will shoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and it's not good. And I would always try to either kill them right away or just run right by. Yeah. Or if you're plucky, you can kind of float by here. Or if you're Dizzy Devil, you can just kill them. That's probably the best. Spin way. right through those jerks. Into the second area. Which is a tough area because now you're in a gray background area. But it's really... Uh, Mainly just areas with low-lying spikes that you have to crawl or slide under. Yes. You got to slide through these small gaps with spikes right above them. Yeah. While those security guards are, they don't care. They're just walking through the walls, but they're coming at you. And so it's this weird, like, you know, like lure them in, kill them, then slide or something. Mm -hmm. I, or Dizzy Devil can just spin through all of these spikes. Well, yeah, Eric, that's pretty sweet. I When I was watching a playthrough last night... The person, apparently you can slide through enemies. I mean, that's what they did through the whole thing. And I was like, oh. what? Like, I spent a lot of time here. Well, I spent a decent amount of time in the next area. This is the worst area, possibly. The vertical spot. Yes, it's a vertical chamber that, you know, maybe would be easier with Furball. I didn't have him. Uh, it was slightly easier at Dizzy. Can you? Uh, yes. Okay, because there are cannons on either side of this vertical ascent. You're riding a platform up. Uh -huh. And they fire money bags at you. And if they hit you, they knock you off. Mm -hmm. And do damage. Yeah, which sucks. Yes. So you can only screw up twice before you die. And you really have to, like, very, very trickily time your jumps. This is where I really started save stating. Oh, I, yeah. I was like, I am not doing it. Like, once I would get to a point where I was like, all right, I can pause it, save it, because yeah. this sucks. Like, now, I've done you it can so many times. devil spin, and the bullets will go right through you. Oh, okay. That but is... you have to wait for it to recharge. Oh, right. So you only so... get to use it, like, maybe once going up here. So I would, like, use it towards the top. Mm. See how I was like, I gotta get further just by skill, and then yeah, yeah. And by skill I mean save stating. <laughs> and then luckily you get through here, you use another key. That's right, and then you're in almost to the end with a section of broken large platforms where those giant Arnold dogs will drop and come running right at you. Again, Dizzy Devil. This like I was surprised by the first one, but I mean I'm sure Dizzy's the way to go actually, but. Yeah. You know where they are. You don't actually have to fight them. You just uh, jump over them. Yeah. If, you know, once you know that they're, they're coming down, they're they're not bad. And then use your la second last key, and you're in another vertical section. So you might panic at first, but this one's super easy. It's just moving platforms that go back and forth. Yeah, it's a, quite a relief. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, no enemies to deal with. Easy, easy peasy, and you get up there, and you get to the boss, Montana Max. Yes. And he's in a room with two kind of doors. I guess areas in the wall where he's... I they were like balconies. Yeah, balcony. That's a that's a much better word. Uh, yeah. There are two balconies, <laughs> and he's in either one of them, and you want to try to jump on his head to hurt him. But you can't do that all, all natural. You can't get up that high. Luckily for you, he's got a giant boxing glove, 
uh, on one of those extender arms. Yeah, yeah. It shoots out at you. And you can jump off that to hit him. Yes. And now that will hurt you, mm-hmm. but it's pretty easy to jump onto it, not to not get hit by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he also, like, what, there's those big coins that come out and bounce around the room. I think every time you hit him, is a new one come out, or is yes. it just timed? I don't know. You can also bounce off those coins. Right, right. So it's not very hard boss here. <laughs> no, I was so happy. Yeah, and it's just three hits, and you're good to go. Once you have defeated Montana Max, you're treated to a nice little cutscene. You rescue Babs. Uh, you knock over Montana Max. Eh. Oddly enough, the graphics at this point are not on a model. Everyone looks a little weird. Yeah, well. And some of the staging is a little questionable. Yeah, yeah. Montana Max and Buster have a strange scene where it just says that Montana Max was punished, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. No, he's kind of bent over. (laughs) Uh, But how else is he going to learn? But it gives you, you know, you get the cast. I think it's real credits. And, you know, some pretty good little stills of the tunes. Uh, There's an interesting thing where they talk about you being a hero in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, the heroes. And then uh, they go through all the characters in the game as well. Don't yeah, they? yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And you get a nice presented by Konami. Good job. This is it, the review portion of our show. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. Nope, nope. I gave this game a 3.5. Okay, I actually went 4.0, but I'm kind of tending back down after The backgrounds is the thing that really killed me. It's the backgrounds, and I mean... The music's all right. Yeah, yeah, the the music's... Yes, I agree. The theme song's great, but the rest of the songs are just there. They're not bad, they're they're up-tempo, they keep you moving, but they're not going to get stuck in your head. Never annoying. It's really the sprites that make this game shine. And mainly your sprites. The enemies are fine. Yeah. But they don't have a ton of animation. And there's not a big variety. No, but you look great. And um, all of the character sprites are really well animated. Mm-hmm. And all the cutscenes look really good. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Nope, nope. Next up is Play Control. And I gave this a 3.0. Same here. I thought it was, you know, for a Mario clone, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And you get a decent amount of options with your sliding, your different jumps. Um, especially and- considering that they have a barely used B button. Yeah, and there's, you know, three different characters, or there's four different characters that all have slightly different con- uh, configurations of movement, but none yeah. of it ever feels off or wrong. The only real, it's not even the play control's fault, but it's just like you get a lot of different options that are 90% unnecessary. Yeah, the, like, only, <laughs> the only downside is that your jump and landing is a little slippery. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sticking those one block landings can be a little tough. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, they don't really ask you to do anything too crazy with those controls. No. Nope, nope. Next up is Challenge Factor, Nick. I went with a 4.0. I was torn. I went with 3.5, but I probably should be a 4.0 since I did cheat through the entire back half of this game. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a game, a simple game. Yes. That is artificially made harder because one hit kill, basically, yeah. for most of the game. No checkpoints, like all these like cruel design decisions that, you know, none of the levels ask too much of you. It's just that you have to do it all perfect or you start over from the beginning every time and it sucks. Yeah. Nope, nope. And finally, we have theme and fun. I went with a 2.0. I went with a 2.5 because theming wise, at first you really do have some decent backgrounds and the worlds all feel very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just that this game is not very fun. Yeah, I was. It, the theme is good. The theme is there for the most part, but the fun... Not so much. Nope, nope. 
So, Nick, should you play this game? No. I'm going to agree. <laughs> nah. Uh, I would say just go watch an episode or two of the show. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, I there are more than this game out in the Tiny Toon video verse, so maybe there's better ones. I'm sure there, there have to be. So, you know, maybe there's other ways to get your Tiny Toons, you know, fix. Oh, for sure. Go watch How I Spent My Summer Vacation. We continue our Steven Spielberg produced <laughs> tie-ins next week with the video game Gremlins 2, the new batch for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game any way you can. Just don't feed it after midnight. Oh. Or get it wet. Oh. But play along, friends. Yeah, and if you want to let us know, do you know what the good Tiny Toons games are? Tell us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com so we don't do this to ourselves again. Or perhaps your favorite character was not Plucky Duck. It was someone else, like uh, Hampton or Elmira. Yeah, any Hamptons out there? Hampton, Hampton Kratz? You can let us know on Twitter or Facebook. And of course, we must thank all of those wonderful and fine folks that give to us every month at patreon.com slash cartridgecommand. Uh, yeah. It is your financial support that makes this show happen. So without you guys, we would not be able to do this. And if you don't give, please consider. We accept all sizes of donations. That's right. Are you a Montana Max? You, are you burning through money? Do you want to buy a TV station to make fun of Buster Bunny? We could be that station. We could be. Or you could just give us the amount that you would spend on one coffee a month. Or perhaps <laughs> some other trivial thing that you consume and throw away. 30 carrots. That's all it takes. It does. We appreciate it. We appreciate everyone that does give. So thank you all very, very much. Yes, thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Thank you, VG Maps. You saved my life. The only downside is you gotta scroll. Yeah, oh, come on, man. What am I, wizard? A wizard. You're a wizard, Harry.